0: Yeah, I just, I just struggled with uh, adapting into that, I think. like the, the more I look back at it now, I've had to do a lot of work on myself to like get back in, or to get into this state where I'm happy to talk this way about it. Like...
1: Hello and welcome to the Off-Field Rugby Pod. My name is Brian Moylet and each week I chat with a player or a coach about their journey in the game and get their insights. Today's chat is with Steve Crosby, who has capped out half for the Irish 20s and played for Leinster while coming through their academy. We chat about his time at Leinster, and Steve talks about why he feels he didn't go on to have the career there that he would have wished for. He tells a story of when he knew that his time at Leinster was coming to an end, that he was on the verge of signing for another top-flight European team, but failed a medical So then decided to go to New Zealand to play semi-pro provincial rugby and he's a few great stories from there. He also signed a pro contract with Munster at one point and spent two seasons in Galway with Connacht. We chat about all of this and Steve talks about coaches he has huge respect for and had great relationships with and others that he didn't connect with quite as well and why this is important for young players to understand. He talks about the times he played his best rugby and why that was and what helped him get there. And also chats about times he hated the game and what it was that helped him get the love back. We chat about the sauna business he started two years ago called Fad Sail, where he got the idea of setting up the sauna next to the sea so people could jump into the sauna after their sea swim. And he explains why he turned down a number of pro-contract offers a couple of years ago to move in a different direction with his life. There's lots of other great learnings throughout this for players, so here's episode number 36 with Steve Crosby. A lot of people stress about money. Where should you be investing? Are you prepared if there's a crash? And loads more. And if you're not an expert, finances can be really daunting. I know the people at Sparks Wealth, and they're brilliant. What they do is they educate you on your finances without any jargon. They create a personalized plan for you and manage your money so that it's working for you. And so you don't need to be worrying about it. You can book a free, no obligation, Zoom call now on their website, sparkswealth.ie. So last week you were building uh, changing rooms, was it?
0: Yes, the long awaited changing rooms. Uh they're done though, thank Christ. But they'll be a massive asset to the service now as opposed to having to come and get and change out in the bloody car park and just get into the sauna. <laughs> so it's great. Yeah. And
1: and where so where are the change Because with the Fad Sale, didn't you start off with like a mobile a mobile sauna?
0: Yeah, so started the business, started in twenty nineteen Launched it with, uh, in conjunction with um, Ironman 70.3 in Dunleary. So it was up at the 40 foot there. So for that week, all the Ironman athletes were able to avail of it for like the recovery just before the big race. And I was classing, then we operated officially that week, uh, that weekend even to the public. And then, yeah, so it was originally I was on a barrel, there's a barrel shaped unit just on like a custom built trailer. And uh, That was great, but we were restricted with a lot of time-wise and days-wise that we could operate, and, you know, we had no, like, guarantee of parking space even. It was that kind of loose. So, like, we were getting, you know, I'd be up at bloody 4 o'clock in the morning to get that thing down there to burn it up, get it nice and hot, and make sure that we had our spot secured before anybody else did. So, it just wasn't really sustainable, like, so it was always about reducing, 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 so reducing the workload reducing the cost and reducing everything is always the kind of game plan to get a functioning business I suppose like
1: so. yeah and then the one you've built is that is that at the 40 foot as well I've seen photos
0: no so uh, then again during lockdown so our first lockdown oh no, lockdown 2.0 we'll call it uh, <laughs> the long-term business plan was to again reduce the workloads to reduce the mobility side of the business um, to have like more semi semi permanent structure that can be introduced into community. So, the the kind of longer term project was the shipping container. So it's one of the blessings of COVID that it sped that idea up and that concept up. So we built that up, and then um, yeah, we had it down in uh, Graystones, and then we also had it down on Bray Beach for a week for a kind of pop up for the week, and we managed to. Get The all backs in for that, so that's pretty cool. And then, um, now we're back down in Grayson's again, and we have the two units down there now. So, we're going to set up the second studio with the old original barrel. So, the two of them will be running down in Grayson's. So you'll have one for like your kind of, I suppose, more quaint private sessions, and then the other for the kind of communal sauna experience.
1: Class, and so people, I love swimming in the sea, and I love saunas as well. Um, <laughs> especially over in Canada. Yeah, yeah, no, I love it. And I'm actually I'm I'm lucky that the sauna here is like right near the sea anyway. But um it's it's incredible going into the sea and jumping into the sauna right after.
0: Yeah, oh like it's you know, uh regardless of what your initial uh expectations are of it do that, and tell me you don't feel good, and I will be beyond, beyond, uh, like, just, there's no way, there's no way you can't feel good, like, you know what I mean? so, um, yeah, no, it's, uh, it was a passion of mine, always, I always see swam, and, um, you know, from a young age, and then, you know, going through the rugby circles, then, when you, when you get told it's actually very good for you, science sealed, delivered, never had to look back since, and then, Sauna was always preached as a recovery method, so doubling down on both just made total sense. And fixing a problem with trying to get people's mindset to change about actually getting into the cold sea was always the task in my head. Trying to drag somebody come for a swim, and um, you know when you're fixing the problem, you provide heat, uh, and that was kind of that was kind of it in a nutshell, really. Beck.
1: Yeah, it is hard to explain to people. How good it is, isn't it? Like you say to them, Oh, jump in the freezing cold sea. It's brilliant. It's great. It's lovely. <laughs> and, you know, that is difficult, isn't it?
0: Absolutely. Like, sure, you know, nothing until you experience it anyway. But, like, um especially, I suppose, like, it can get so misinformed, like Chinese whispers, like, where somebody who does wholeheartedly embody that lifestyle experience obviously is going to come out being like geez that was brilliant that was the best thing ever now and kind of just put to the back of their head what they have just went through of like a five degree sea swim like that is not an easy thing to do and i don't care who you are like you're gonna feel it um but you might have just built a <clears throat> tolerance to it or you know your why is big enough that it doesn't even come into your radar so yeah trying to explain it is difficult enough So we're only starting, really.
1: Yeah. And have you seen a lot of people, like, you know, say, like, converted, we'll say?
0: (laughs) Yeah, like, I mean, it's hilarious. So it's kind of like the usual uh, way that it happens is that, like, one eager beaver will drag a group down. And I love that because that's how it happened with me. Like, as in, you know, we started a swim club way back when and it was i provide a coffee to promise you a bit of heat afterwards and mark the occasion and say congrats with a reward like and then there's people who are very into it who get to introduce it to their friends uh who aren't as like-minded as them so once they do it as we just spoke about before uh it's hard not to enjoy the experience because the tough part is trying to overcome this trauma that you've had whatever it was when you were younger you've had a bad negative experience from the sea never go near that again so it's difficult to overcome that but then you ask them but what if i told you i could guarantee that you're going to be warm straight afterwards and then they go how and then you say so well there's a sauna there book it in and you know it eliminates all the problems you just get to reap the benefits of both so uh conversion rate definitely as in, like once you do it once you're not looking back like
1: yeah, it's class, and um, it's interesting there. Like the you're talking about, like the adversity of getting into the sea, and even the sauna like if you stay in for, if you like, I try and stay for twenty minutes or whatever. Like it's not, it's you're chilling in the first couple minutes, but then it's also similar kind of head game that you have yeah. to stay in the fight, kind of. And it's it's like with anything. It's like going to the gym. It's like going for a run. It's like getting up early. You know, isn't it? It's it's. That's a huge part of the sea swim or the sun is overcoming that adversity and you feel incredible because there's all those positive endorphins and all that science, but you feel unreal for having done it.
0: Yeah, I mean like it's like anything that you're just saying there, but like isn't like a sense of achievement, you know, big, big fan of win in the morning, the win of the day kind of thing. And I know it's quite cliche, but like um it's very difficult to do something like that in the morning and have a bad day you know uh because no matter what your occupation is or no matter what the day that lies ahead of you is you've banked in that one part that you have put aside for yourself so yes you've gotten up a bit earlier to do it before the day starts but you know the compound effect of that is that you went to bed a bit earlier so like you're you're prepped you're organized you've got your shit together and you're ready for your fun and your time and that's so important Um, especially with the bloody working environment that most are in these days where it's tough to determine the difference between your bedside and your office now. Like so it's important to just I suppose I suppose go backwards a bit and reconnect and uh and do it in a fun way. Um, like all this we could you could easily go down the rabbit hole of all the science and all the health benefits and the endorphins and the hormones that are triggered and stuff like that, which a lot of people do find interesting and we do as well, but um we're just about promoting the experience first to then start the conversation of the nitty gritty details, the way that we try to do it. So like communicate, educate, and inspire people or communities about the power of the sauna is kind of what our slogan is. So, um, yeah, we're kind of going the way of it as if it's the new pub in Ireland as well. Just, uh, social engagement, at the forefront, um, health orientated time for nearest and dearest, all allocated to what you want to do. So, as I said, we're only getting started, so it's really, it's really exciting.
1: Yeah, man, that's an incredible angle on it. Um, saying that like the new pub as well, because uh, yeah, I think a lot of people are, you know, looking for other ways to hang out.
0: Hundred percent, like you know, at the end of the day, like take the drink away from the pub. What is it that you like about the pub? It's, yeah. it's the environment. Like, it's the environment. It's, it's hanging the, out with your friends. It's literally like even if you are on your phones at the pub, which is kind of just sacrilegious anyway, but like. Uh, just in the way that we are, um, you're definitely more consciously trying to be off it anyway when you're in the pub, which is just a natural kind of given. And I just think it's a great, uh, like a great kind of like benchmark, I'd say, of an environment, purpose, service. So like you've got this service that is giving you this area that allows you to detoxify from digital. Uh, whatever screens and just put your health at the forefront but not really it's like you say health and you think white coats and doctors and people telling you how to live your life but like I think of health as like good crack fun having having it with other like-minded people meeting new people and your own and like-minded people Um. so yeah there's a lot of work to do because we haven't got anywhere near communicating that properly yet so big rebranding coming soon so it's exciting
1: well yeah that message was class um and how did it how did it come about so like you say like when you're playing and stuff that you're kind of swimming in the sea and, and it's been something that you've done for a while but like why then did you just decide right i'm gonna set up a business and i'm gonna build a stall now and i'm gonna like you know how, how did that come about
0: um yeah i mean like as i said like swimming is always a part of me um but like that doesn't mean that like i think i think that even alone straight away people are just like oh yeah sure your man swims in the sea every day he's mad he's this mythical creature who just like <laughs> does it twice a day and has gills now like it's it's not that it's just like you go through waves and drops with it like as in i'm now swimming like twice a week maybe max and like because you get you do get like obsessed with it and it's like training when you get you're getting really good at an exercise you're getting really good at a thing. you're seeing the outcome you're seeing the output so then you're like i'm gonna keep on doing this and it's just not sustainable so like that to me was sea swimming. i was getting to the stage where like i was swimming every day and then it it was like if i didn't swim it was counterintuitive and counterproductive where like i'd just be pissed off no matter what like i'd just be like oh fuck's like i'm gonna have a bad day sorry excuse language but um and then yeah so The idea uh, I suppose like going through rugby different uh, routes as well like started in Leinster went to New Zealand then short term in Munster and then out to Connacht for a bit as well and there wasn't a contract left or there wasn't a contract offer for me in Connacht Um, and you know I'd gone the route of trying to secure a long-term contract uh, with rugby to then worry about my studies after that now I did manage to secure a Sport and exercise management diploma in my time at Leinster, in the academy, um. But like I was just obsessed with rugby; like it was my everything. So, um, until I got that, that was the way that I was going to deal with it because I knew back then anyway that I just wouldn't have been okay with if something didn't work out, and I would have just blamed it on like I was too tired because I was doing college work or, whatever. Um. So then when I knew that I. Wasn't going to get kept on Connacht. Looking around elsewhere and had a few offers to go abroad again. But, you know, I was kind of like, uh, I thankfully had written out a lot of goals coming back from New Zealand. And um, they were very achievable, very like smart goals, we'll call them. Like the specific, uh, measurable, attainable, realistic targets. And um, I just thought that I wasn't hitting it. So I had to kind of really think long and hard about what I wanted to do next. And um yeah i decided to go back to college because i had this idea in the back of my head after trying to get so many people to try and swim with me um and i just knew that if i didn't get it in a framework or didn't get it on paper or didn't have like that push from a hierarchy from like an educational point of view uh to actually make me do it because it wasn't natural to me to do that then i just would never do it so uh as opposed to having this cool concept, I just wanted to scratch the itch, and uh, then started doing my research on it. Um, started seeing the barriers that to entry for the market. Started seeing uh, the trend as well of sea swimming and uh, hot cold immersions, and I just started getting quite obsessed with it as well. Like and then just getting really really into the possibilities of connecting it to everything and trying to create the perfect weekend day is what I was always kind of thinking of doing your kick of health, like going for your exercise and then create a destination where that's the destination point. So like you run cycle, hike, uh, walk to this destination, get your recovery aspects and then replenish it with your treats and your coffees. And you're a lovely weekend day in my Opinion. i got i don't know much better ones to be honest i like. agree um and i suppose that's timing and everything in your life as well and you know some young lads will be looking at me being like oh yeah sure like the rugby didn't work out your mom went second best and i was like, <laughs> like in my head now like i genuinely i'm so thankful that i'm in a place where i can look back at my career my rugby career and just go i'm so happy with what i achieved because if you asked me that three years ago i'd be like oh yeah whatever what what career kind of thing um but it's so nice to look back at uh, your traumas, I'd say. And like uh, and I use that term because like I think like everybody goes through them, but you, you, you can either let them uh guide, like you can either let them like I suppose bring you down a way that probably would be less attractive, or you can use them to your advantage and uh like make sure that you do things differently and make sure you take action and every action you take is an expression of value and i think that that's kind of what pushed me on pushed me on to go for it
1: yeah that's uh unreal to hear that you're so happy with like looking back at what you did achieve like it's it's awesome to hear that because i know a lot of you know a lot of people whatever level they play at regardless if they got to where you got to or whatever they've regrets mm-hmm. about certain things and oh if only i did that but uh it's just unreal hearing that and you mentioned they're obsessive when you're playing talk to me about that
0: yeah, I mean, like, I don't think, I don't, like, you can't be in an environment like that without being obsessive about your performance or constantly analysing it, um, and I suppose that probably was a big impact on my performance, because I wouldn't naturally be very quantitative, I would be very measured, orientated when I was younger, playing, I was just, like, I just liked playing a lot, and probably wasn't aware of a lot of my skill set, and, do you know, I was a fat little kid, but like I could catch and pass very pretty well, and like like hitting lads. So like that's all I thought of it, and like worked hard. Um, but then you get segmented into different measurements of like meters, high speed meters, gym scores, uh, like your off pitch stuff and all that stuff. And uh, you know, for any bloke, it's quite overwhelming. And um, I suppose it probably took me quite too long even to adapt to that environment. Uh, like so my best rugby years or rugby moments are my 20s years like with Irish 20s and um being coached by Mike Roddock, I just really connected with him on that level I mean a very similar philosophy um and although I was probably you know not very accessible to my mates and stuff like that at that time I thought that it was everything I wanted to do so it was just totally okay with i had totally made up my mind that it was okay with me spending this much time on doing you know just watching rugby even or analyzing my my opposition or whatever um so yeah it definitely when i look back i'm like holy god like if you split your errors into a week of say 60 errors like it's there was about like 50 odd anyway minimum of a young bloke just watching rugby or rugby orientated activities so I definitely categorize that as, like, in the higher bracket of interested. I wouldn't say obsessive because, like, I don't think that's very healthy at all for anybody. But, uh, yeah, like, when you get to try to live your dream and it becomes within an arm's reach, you're going to do everything you can to make it a reality. So I suppose that's kind of what it was.
1: Cool, yeah. No, I... I've diff- had different thoughts on this, and uh, I was chatting to a mental skills coach recently, David Galbraith, who works with Japan, and he said that, like, there's nothing wrong with. Because I would have thought being obsessive and all in, whatever, like, could be a bit, like you say, bad or detrimental, but you were probably loving it, were you, when you were watching rugby and stuff, were you? Or was it a chore?
0: No, I suppose, like, when it's going well for you, yes. And when that was for me i was very young with not a lot of worries like of life in general even Mm. so like um it like there was a lot less factors to potentially worry about when my best years were anyway in my head um but then when the times got tough and you're not getting picked and you're trying to break into a squad and you're trying to you're just trying to think like why why am i not getting here like why is uh, like like starting to believe your own self talk and if your self talk's very strong, very good, then game on. But if it's if it's maybe taking a hit and the voice in your head is saying, This coach doesn't like me, he doesn't like the way I play. Um, I'm gonna have to change my whole dynamic, I'm gonna have to change my game, I'm gonna have to change everything. Like if I get new diet, I'm gonna start a new diet. And it's like so things that like you think are connected but are just not. And you're overthinking everything. So um yeah i suppose when things are going well yes you love it but again i would question how uh cognitively in tune you are then about everything outside of rugby and like so then say when everything is going well and you're thinking that hard about it and then an injury happens like how the hell are you gonna cope then how do you deal with that then um yeah i suppose
1: yeah you know when you're um saying there like yeah for sure i've had it as well where if something's not going right you question everything you're like if if you know if you've one little setback like you dropped off one team and it could be a splitting hairs decision you don't know but a coach would be like oh is it steve or brian Geez, i'll just go with steve and you know then you all then i'd be like i'm the worst player in the world i'm useless i'm no good and then you question everything but um when you're saying there mike like i was coached by mike as well he's unreal and that you were playing your best rugby under him and like you said, you' are a fat little kid or whatever, but uh <laughs> was it that he just like let you be you like you just were you just played the way you were the way you always had in school and just expressed that?
0: yeah, I suppose I just got his system very quickly and probably faster than others, and in my own peer group, I would have definitely perceived myself to be a bit of a natural leader um as well so and then also in the position I was playing in a ten it all just seemed to fit very well and on top of that i worked my nut off and i think mike saw that very early on and but i got on very well with mike from a like a i I suppose like a an emotional level like very charismatic you could you could throw a joke at him and not worry about the the wrath like uh for me anyway um and that was a very important part for me with people full stop, uh, never mind a coach or not. And I'm only realizing that now. Like, as, in, as a very sociable guy and very social. and love talking to people and love interacting with different people and always have. But, like, when I went into that professional environment then, that wasn't necessarily the, the norm. And I then probably thought that I had to adopt this different mentality and kind of go a bit more, like, get your job done and uh, next job focus and and you probably do like as in to a certain degree um like but yeah I just I just struggled with uh adopting into that I think like the, the more I look back at it now I've had to do a lot of work on myself to like get back in or to get into this state where I'm happy to talk this way about it like um and it's it's really nice to be able to but it doesn't just happen overnight like so you gotta do mm-hmm. a lot of work you gotta do a lot of self uh, reflection um and cold hard honest talks with yourself and uh again they're the be- that's the beauty of rugby though is like it makes you equipped to be able to do that like it makes you able to take some tough news and and then go okay how do i fix it problem solve and just adjust to the external factors that are facing you now like
1: yeah um yeah i understand as well that self-reflection i think i think what i've found is a big part of it i'm um, you kind of think like I, I was doing my best at that time, whatever my best was, you know, like yeah. I'd look back as well. I'd be like, should have done this, should have done that. I should have been this way, should have been that way. But uh, once you just kind of accept that, like you were trying your best. <laughs> yeah, then... yeah,
0: yeah, That's it. Like yeah. it is, it is. And it's, uh, do you know, and um, again, like asked me to say something like this three years ago, I would be like, oh yeah, you loser. Like, but like, uh it's very it's very uh interesting to be able to just go, like timing's a lot to the the game too. Mm. You know? Like everything has to go your way. Like you know, when you're coming into a system where you look at a list of Johnny Sexton, Ian Madigan, Coffo Marsh, uh, Ross Byrne, Joey Carberry, and Steve Clonkton there in the mixer, like you're kinda just like this is pretty surreal, you know? Like uh and again I probably would have been like biting at the chop or chomping at the bit to actually just be even in that environment. again, I probably didn't cop on a bit and just go, right, that was your like as in getting the Academy good achievement next job. I probably didn't do that fast enough in my eyes to survive. Um and then you'd like, yeah, again, like add the list, Jimmy Gopper coming in the mixer as well. Like so just kinda like Time is everything. Uh, A coach's perspective as well is everything. You need to have that relationship with them. and It's getting harder and harder for blokes to actually put the hand up now with the conveyor belt, the talent that we're producing in the country. Um, So I really do feel for uh, the lads in that pool. It's never an easy time. Even when things are going well, there's nothing secured yet. You never have security. So um, it's just being really focused on actually – Remember to enjoy your time and also to just just work your nut off. Like, do what you know you're good at. And then, if something does go wrong, as opposed to you and I changing absolutely everything, maybe try changing one thing first and then see how that goes, as opposed to throwing everything out and just going, All right, starting again. Starting my whole career again. <laughs>
1: I'm going to be a completely different player. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm really yeah. a new man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: And so you got um got a couple of caps for Leinster and then so what at the end of the academy was it they just said there's that there's nothing there for you they're not keeping you on
0: yeah um again so like I started making my caps in Leinster when I was in like second year academy uh and again just catching a lucky break through a few injuries and I had a good preseason and uh, got a few nods and made my debut against Scarlets for twenty minutes off the bench and. Dreams come true, kind of stuff, and then uh, Ben Tio got signed. Then and um, uh, I was playing twelve at the time, and then Matt O'Connor was involved as well at the time. He's the head coach, and um, he was like, "Look, Steve, you're going well, but uh, we need to get Benny some game time." Totally understood. Uh, probably too well, and not be and uh, not be more annoyed about it. Um, but then. That game, geez it was Edinburgh we were prepping for and I probably just did the one thing that no player should ever do and I just switched off. I was just going through the motions through the prep week of training and I was like, gosh, sure, look, Ben's playing, I'm not gonna be involved. Blah blah blah. I've been told that I'm not gonna be involved. And then um Ben breaks his arm after like twelve minutes against Edinburgh. I get screened off at the bench, totally unprepared and uh, I just had a bit of a night. I had, like, three knock-ons in that game. Um, but then, you know, if I actually look back at that game, I had a very good defensive record and did some great things off the ball as well and uh, some good uh, additions to it. We won the game and everything like that, but uh, I just never got near a team after that, and uh, I just knew I'd lost the trust in the coaches and probably not equipped um, to, I suppose, address it. Uh, and very emotionally driven as a young fella as well so try to just work through it as opposed to bring it up and ask what are the work ons, what do i do? How, do how like how am i going to get this back how am i going to earn your trust back sort of thing so um yeah and then uh, got offered a contract to go to edinburgh and unfortunately i found my medical over there um, with a shoulder I had a labrum tear so I had an 18 month contract ready to go went over did the fitness tests and everything and um, I just got the got the arse chewed off me basically to get the feck out and uh, I went back to Leicester and got my surgery then and yeah I kind of didn't know what to do and then a buddy of mine Gav Thornbury, playing for uh, Connacht now at the moment um, and my old coach Kurt McQuilkin defensive coach uh, said so would you have any interest in going out to New Zealand and uh just to get away from the Irish rugby scene and try something new and uh the second I, I just heard it I was like yeah I don't I hadn't even done my research I was like yeah I'd love to I'd love to just fall back in love with the games hating it and then uh got down there and fell in love with the place uh you know we're playing semi-pro stuff down there and uh We were working as well in a meat factory, and it was grim out, but, like, some of the best times in my life to look back at. Like, Seth and were calling it a J1, like, we're up at second four o'clock in the morning at a meat factory, like, it was ridiculous. (laughs) But, um, yeah, hilarious time. But, like, again, cut short, got an offer to go back to Munster from Anthony Foley and Razzy Erasmus, and then, God bless him, on my second week of arriving off the plane, he passed away uh and I would only sign for a short term deal and a very like very messy time to come into any new environment. And then um yeah I suppose like you know the last thing they were worrying about was developing Steve uh when the you know the bigger picture is let's let's make this season for Axel. Dead right. Um and then I got my opportunity then at the end of my three month contract with Connick on the back of Jack Carty getting a potentially uh season ending injury and I get a phone call from Pat Lamb who's literally the week before announced that he's heading to Bristol <laughs> mid season. So it was just bizarre ways, you know? And then signing at the same time with good buddy of mine Tom Farrell as well, who I know you used to play with as well, Bri. And uh Joe, you know, were the two of us like I would have kept up with Tommy when I was down in New Zealand even and he was like, "Come here! Did you get a phone call here about going to comic? <laughs> and we were like, "Yeah, let's go! Great crap, unbelievable! Like, what a like, what a dream!" Um, and then you know, like, just the way that the the door swing is hilarious. And like, I'm not the only ones with these stories. Like, uh, every single player has these stories. It's it's incredible. It's incredible how small of a moment it is, and time is everything. And everything happens for a reason. I firmly believe it. So, um. Yeah, I can't even remember what the question was, Brian. But wow, that, that was kind of the story, anyway. Yeah, <laughs>
1: how was um how was going to New Zealand like? So I I know when I was younger as well, like it was very much like the Irish rugby. You're just so blinkered, I suppose it is, and that's all you see. Like all I saw was playing in the Connacht system, playing with Lansdowne, AIL, Connacht Eagles, whatever. Um, and you don't even think about anything else but um and you said it was it was incredible and I know from moving abroad as well how just incredible it is playing rugby elsewhere but um yeah were you just so fed up with Leinster that you were like or fed up with how things went that you were like I need a new I need something else
0: um I suppose like it was a combination of things where like you know injury and then in fairness to Peter Smith his uh he came in as academy manager in my third year and in fairness to him he literally his first protocol was sat me down and said it straight to my face like look Steve there's there's not a contract here for you but I'll never respect that man more for just saying it like it is and allowing me then to process it and think next steps and actually fix it there's nothing worse than being dragged along and you know come April then you're told no contract and it's like what the hell like that is just heart-wrenching for anybody um and I suppose yeah so it's like that and then also the the kicking the nuts with the injury and losing the contract to Edinburgh um I was kind of just like I did a lot of thinking off the pitch for the first time really like because I hadn't really got too much of a of a bad dose of an injury and just started thinking as like like you were just saying there like as and I never thought of anything other than rugby like and nothing mattered like school good luck like it didn't matter uh, like um and I suppose you get praise for that as well for like dedicating your life to it which is also kind of a negative too like as and it's it's not really that healthy for driving that type of environment for a young fella but again you do have to sacrifice a bit but like not bloody everything um and. I wanted just to fall back and love it because I love rugby. I love the entirety of it. I love the values of it. I love the, I love being the spectator. I love the pre-game, post-game. I love like I love the culture. Mm-hmm. I always will. Um, and I wanted to get a taste of that. And you know, also play play a power sport like that. so. And then, New Zealand was always something on any boy's uh, mind, uh, who was interested in rugby, and naturally came and. Christ, like it was a short, it was a short stint, but God, I just can never, I'll never forget the memories I have down there. Like, uh, just even simple things like you would never uh, think that you're thinking on a pitch back in Ireland. Like, say, like you know, I came on off the bench my first game, Wanganui, and uh, I see a prop uh, just on a sideline rock, clearly eyeing me up, being like, I'm gonna run over this little fella here, and I'm thinking, I'm going to shoot out a line here now and shot this lad by the ankles because he doesn't even know what I'm capable of here. And sprint off the line, shoot off the line, complete defense system error. And, like, you know, it didn't matter in my eyes because I was going to do it. I was going to catch him because I just thought that he was going to run me over or that he thought he was going to run me over. And he just no looks. He just, sorry, just stares me in the eye and just tips the ball on like this. And just like a a line break straight away. and I am like, okay fantastic start to my career in Wanganui anyway <laughs> but like again just not even realizing that that's the way that you eye up somebody who's in front of you like okay 120 kilos he's always doing it and it's all done in a snapshot and uh just learning that even and understanding it is such a it's such a cool experience like just figuring that out um and really finding out what kind of pair you are
1: yeah for sure and on that one what you said about Peter Smith like huge respect to that I remember him um, like being just so upfront and honest like I think coaches like when coaches can be I think sometimes coaches like they they don't say it and they back out of that because they're afraid to have those difficult conversations but as a player you want nothing more than than just knowing and having comfort in that like uh, I my younger brother's in the Connick Sub academy, and he mm. found out a week before his exams in May that he wasn't getting a contract and I remember i remember just being like wow like such that's ridiculous that they couldn't say it a month or two earlier three months earlier you know what i mean yeah,
0: yeah um
1: and so when you went to new zealand were you was it still like wanting to be a pro wanting to get back to ireland wanting to reach the heights that you had dreamed of two years ago we'll say
0: no uh like genuinely not like i was no joke like um when the offer to go back to Munster, it was just, it just wasn't on the radar. Like, cause then I was getting away. Like I'd sign myself up for minimum two years to get down there and just find me uh, as again, cliche that sounds, but like, you know, I was just ready to delve a little deeper and figure out a bit more of Steve um, rugby or not. um, And I was just kind of settling in, just finding my feet. We had a massive game, top of the table clash against South Canterbury. And I'll never forget it. We beat them like 36, 33. And all the lads from the Meatwork factory came down. And, uh, you know, these boys are rough as old boots now. Like, they did nothing but take the piss out of us when we first walked in the door. And then when they saw that myself and Gabby were somewhat decent, they're like, oh, you boys can play. eh?" I'm like, just (laughs) earn their respect. And, we went down to Wellington then that weekend and just like had a great time and I really remember just like sitting back having a glass of wine I was like this is it this is what I want like you know like as in balance of working hard playing hard and getting the results and getting to recover and chill out and enjoy it like the fruits of the wine let's say and just uh going into work down the Monday with beam and smile on your face uh, even though it was a four in the morning at a conveyor belt like being a meat worker a meat worker and then like even having the crack with the lads came in it's like oh do you remember when you did that show and go and all this stuff and like just again I just I couldn't have enjoyed it more when I got to that moment where I was like oh yeah this is this is there's definitely something here like and then um I get a phone call from my dad then just being like uh well, how are things? I was like, Yeah, all good. And he's like, Well oh, look, uh I'm coming down. And I was like, Huh? Because he kinda thought that he was gonna come down eventually, but it's after like six or eight weeks, like and he's like, Yeah, I'm coming down and he hadn't told me anything. And then he did get down eventually, he had a great time, and he was like, Look, there's a there's an offer there for you for Munster and I was just like my initial reaction was like, Oh no. But like <laughs> that would like again, that would have been the total opposite reaction i would have ever expected to come out of my mouth but like i was just like "Well, i can't not take this opportunity it's everything i'd worked for um so i'm a big believer of uh, picking up the stone and having a look on the other side uh myself because yes i do take recommendations off people but again as i said earlier you know nothing until you've experienced it yourself um so I had to I just had to give it a go I wouldn't always regret or always be saying what if if I didn't go back uh because it was everything to me and then yeah everything happened then and um yeah again just like an unbelievable journey an unbelievable journey like
1: yeah and what was a semi-pro down there so like was that I know ITM Cup and like country is that like the one below that
0: yes yeah, is- so the Highland like Heartland Championships called and it's ran the same uh, calendar way of the ITM or my ten okay. um and uh, they basically like it's it's pretty much like provinces so you represent the mm. province so you get selected from your clubs to that but it's a really interesting league because you get a lot of ex professionals on their way down uh, playing and then you get a lot of young up and coming lads so. Mm. There's a big gap there usually between the the young bucks and the old fellas, and it's it's a great league because you know you have a really high standard, but it's kind of like college football there are a few mistakes, but that makes it really entertaining. Do you know what I mean? So, uh, great learnings from that league, like it's uh, you know, and the way they play, they just run everything, and that's music to my ears, like that's all I wanted to do. I wasn't exactly the the greatest uh tactical kicking 10 like but um it was just it was hilarious when i went down there and i will never forget again first line of clearance like we're on our 22 in the pocket a kick absolutely lie myself and the lads are screaming at me being like what the fuck are you doing like i was like what you mean like just like it's 32 here like we're on <laughs> like i just didn't even come into my head because i was so driven into like zone-based training and like get out of here and like you're in danger kick it get out of here and I was devastated because naturally if I wasn't thinking I all I do is look for a double pass to bloody try and get ourselves out of here like well hilarious just learning that like so good
1: yeah it's mad when you get um the confidence then to play what you see and play in that way like I remember I was the exact same and then had Nigel Carroll and Connacht and it was like Scrum on our own five. If they go three back, we're running, obviously. And then I was like, oh, we're, oh, we're, we're going. <laughs> you know, and it's just, you're like, what? We're not kicking? And all of a sudden, you just see so many more possibilities. And Whereas I think a lot in Ireland has probably changed now, for sure. But 10 years ago, when I was growing up, it was just, as a say, kick, kick, get out of your own half yeah um, Actually, well, i'd
0: say you probably kicked more as a number eight than i did as a 10 when we we're yeah so were like, yeah
1: probably and that's probably why <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and um so what was the schedule like then in new zealand uh like semi pros you're working and was like tuesday thursday evening training and then gym in the morning or what, what how did that work
0: uh again like it's um it was very much like the club schedule here, let's say. So, like, you were expected to do two to three gym sessions a week and uh, in your own time, though. And then um, Tuesday, Thursday were the training sessions. But, like, you have to remember, like, the team that we were on, I'd say there was only two lads on the team who actually had an office job because they were all farmers. So, they're on their feet constantly and they literally run for fun. Like, as in, I couldn't actually fathom how they just love to be active. Like they like sitting down in front of the teddy is not an option. Like it's not a thing. It's not done there. Like uh and then the fitness sessions that we did there were so grim, so old school. And like there's a track around our pitch called it was Cook's Gardens the name of the pitch. And we did this after discussing uh fitness session because we let in too many scores the week before or something like that. And it was like four four hundreds, three three hundreds, two two hundreds, one one hundred, and then work your way back up again, Ooh. on top of on top of other fitness. Like and I was just like, this is the grimmest thing I think I've ever done in my life. Like, <laughs> like yeah. I would definitely fancy myself to be fit as well. Like, and I was absolutely mid pack, if not at the back. Like, so, yeah, that's bleak. It's a different it's a different way, like you know. Like Seth and Gab, would go down cocky out in the gym like well able just from the way that we trained and like even our old housemate TT who's now currently with Connacht like he's been capped by Samoa and he'd never really stepped foot in the gym before when we were there like and then he's you just throw him under a second bench press he's doing 150 kilos I don't even think about it like you're just like this is actually terrifying but um yeah so uh it was very much just like done in your own time because it is still like some are semi-cross some aren't some are reps and um, so it's all very much it's very similar to the club it's very similar to the club um, kind of system here where it's a Tuesday, Thursday and then you're expected to do two to three sessions in your own time and then game day
1: yeah good stuff and how then was Connors because you, you were, like, were two two years there
0: I, did, I got like a season and a half It's so, because I came in mid-season with Pat and um, then kieran Keane came in then uh, for my second season um which i kind of like as in i if there's ever a place in my heart it's bloody going now. like as in i absolutely love the place i love uh the people there the pace of life um just the the club feel uh in comparison to the other places now that could be a bit of a detriment to it as well and why it's not uh probably they're probably not performing as consistently as they should as the other provinces um but it's absolutely like i i can only see myself ending up there some shape or form uh i loved it and i loved it i suppose with the friends that i made down there and teammates that i was with um but you know from that was all off pitch and then from a rugby perspective it was terribly frustrating like terribly frustrating for myself like um in particular, like I remember actually getting a, a few strings, a few goals, came off the bench to play against the Cheetahs and just you know, doing well and securing the bonus point win against them and then getting the nod to play against Edinburgh and the following week, which again had a lot of emotional attachment to it for myself. Um and then I remember kicking seven out of seven kicks against Edinburgh, came off after 65 minutes and just delighted myself. And then I get dropped the following week then with no, with no kind of like communication, let's say, and no thought process and not understanding it. And, uh, you know, hilarious, you know, if only talking to Jack there recently, Jack Carty, who I got on well, immensely well with, which is bizarre considering we were – You know, going head to head, really. Like, I've never got on better with a fella that I like, I'm fighting a jersey for. Um, but he actually, he was actually saying, it's like, it was one of the most bizarre decisions in my career that like you got picked or you got dropped after that game because they were playing Edinburgh there recently. And uh, I was only chatting to him there just randomly, I can't even remember why I was chatting to him, but um, yeah, it was it was terribly frustrating from a rugby side. I just never got a flow, just never got a never got a mojo going uh, even when i was playing well i didn't really get that like assertive confidence of sitting back and just being really intuitive with the game plan um so i, I firmly believe like uh, if i was given about three or four cracks at it and just three or four like starting games to be able to get to the pace understand that pace and then uh, make my mistakes. Everybody will. Everybody does, and just make sure you don't make the same one twice. Then I've I've wholly, wholeheartedly believe I would add had a much better crack at it. But you know, you can't ask for that game time these days. Um, it's it's terrible. It's terrifying at how cutthroat it is. Until you get credit in the bank. Until you're, you know, known as X player and X player does this, and that's the part of Irish rugby I really hate. Ah, uh, you get pigeonholed straight away. Uh, into that kind of player no matter what kind of work you do um, or how much you work on your your negatives it's always going to go back to the way that you have been perceived Uh, so yeah that was goal it was uh, absolutely amazing but then from a rugby perspective probably a lot yeah it was very frustrating from a rugby performance perspective so
1: that's um that's mad that you kick seven out of seven and didn't play the next game and didn't get any um any communication as to why. I just yeah, it's sort of, it's, it's just bad. Yeah, it's just a uh, that's bad.
0: Oh, it's, it's yeah. Look, it's I, I'm sure I'm not the only person who's gone through that. Yeah, anymore. yeah. I'm sure I'm sure you've been on your fair share of tough conversations as well. But like, you'd rather a tough conversation than no conversation. Uh, so.
1: Yeah, and if a coach can let you know what you need to get better at, because, like you say, I only it's only now that I am coaching a good few years and I am a bit older and all that that i I can see things from a different perspective. And you see, like players as people, and you understand having been through those that you can't just be like not put someone in a team and not explain why, because then as that player, I just as we were saying earlier, it's like you go through, I am useless, I am this, I am that, and then you you could nearly be done for. Mental, yeah, you know, you could.
0: Yeah, I just yeah, it's uh you know it's it's uh, coaching is such an art like it's it's not like i'm obsessed with lancaster uh his philosophies on it and just the way he he does things i just um in all of it like it's it's actually insane at how he manages people um by the sounds of it um as well because i'm obviously not in the environment but like Christ, I I don't think I've heard of a man just collectively have such respect in a squad.
1: Yeah, so. for sure. Likewise. Um, and then I saw you were in with and um, and Mcnulty working with him. I saw you on your LinkedIn for a year. How yeah yeah. How was that? Um,
0: great, man. Again, that's kind of naturally where I thought the route I wanted to go after rugby and. The course I was in, it was in sports and exercise management in UCG. Um, it offered a placement uh, stint for 10 weeks. And I had received uh, quite a lot of mental toughness training from Endo when I was in the academy and got a lot out of it. And uh, I just reached out to him just saying, look, I, I'm i looking for a 10-week uh, placement. Would you be keen on taking me on board? I'll do I'll do whatever you need me to do sort of thing and uh great experience unbelievable experience because uh enda's Ender's uh business was growing immensely and you know uh he's you know let's say he's quite a controversial character because he's very uh set in his ways and he will he will put you on the spot and he will question you um but again like i only i only just absorbed as much as i could because it was it was immensely tough for me to kind of like you know, when I wasn't going to rugby or going continuing in rugby, I just kept on seeing like, oh, I'm a failure. I'm going backwards here, and oh, I can't even go back to college. And uh, only for my girlfriend really just kind of snapped me out of it, just being like, see, are you joking me? Like, as in just because you're not playing rugby doesn't mean you're going backwards like if anything you're going forward here you've released that you've done that and now you're getting to go forward with your education secure that and then move on to their business plan and do xx and then it's until you start thinking that way uh, and again doesn't happen overnight do you really think that you're actually getting anywhere and i suppose ender really helped me with all that and again would have driven me to uh you know i suppose back up the chat that you're saying about this concept and this business idea and i was like i'm just a devil for trying to connect things always i was like enda look when i set this up we could easily bring corporate uh, things to here or sports players here and you know it just it just connects so well and he was like okay up your business first and then we'll talk And uh, again tough to hear when you're all excited and everything but unbelievable to hear and also you know put your fucking words to action you know um so that was class it's great to, great to experience and uh see from two sides of the business uh corporate wellness and then um sports performance as well so really varying uh, ends on the spectrum there on levels of detail and knowledge and different wants and needs uh, again like there's no point in going in talking about detailed diet plans to corporate wellness where you're talking to professional athletes who know it inside out and are just looking for 1% better as opposed to you could get a 15, 10% or 20% gain from these people here. Like, so it's just so interesting, such an interesting business. Um, And then, but yeah, I had my idea at that stage. So I was just using it to kind of, I suppose, constantly bring it into my my realm and my environment and how is this going to benefit me? Yes. Okay. I can do this with this this information is useful, this way will work, blah, blah, blah. Do you know? So it's really easy when you have a purpose. Uh, it's really great to be able to just actually see these examples and use them as case studies.
1: That's cool. Yeah, I am um, a chat attend on this, and I think he's incredible. I love people like him, Tony Robbins, all those kind of people, whatever label you put on them. But um, it's funny you mentioned there about your ideas for years down the line. And it's always the case, isn't it? It's like, do step number one.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. So many people, and I have been there in the past, you know, all these dreams and ambitions and this, that, the other, (laughs) but you never do step number one. And that's what holds 99% of people back. You know, they've all these dreams.
0: Hundred percent. I think like, if you have a creative brain, probably the hardest thing to do is actually get it on paper. Or conceptualize it, or framework it. Um, and it's those who manage to do that, and then like any, like for any sportsman, for a rugby player like yourself, myself, like once I can see a process and a system, I'm, I'm in, and I, it doesn't matter how much input is needed. Then it's because you know the output's going to come, and when you see that process, it's like okay, easy.
1: Yeah. You just want to attack it. You just want the grind. You just yeah. Once you're when you've been a player or whatever, yeah. You just want to get yeah. after that once you know there's a vision or something to go forward
0: you train yourself to work through a tough parts, like even when you're about to get sick during a fitness session you tell yourself to just keep going <laughs> You get yeah. it. and you get through it and you do it all the time and you experience it and you feel great after it and it's like it's so worth that moment of nearly giving up to just suppress it for that extra 10 seconds and just see the other side like
1: it's incredible, yeah, and that's like what we we're chatting about at the start. Like I was even on the rower this morning, and like that, you just you want to quit, you want to quit, you want to quit. Same, way, I'm sure you're swimming in the sea, same thing in the sauna, same things. Like I want to get out, I want to get out, I want to yeah, quit. Yeah, you just yeah. just keep going. Um, exactly. you've been you've been around your time, but when um when you're leaving Connacht, and you said you a couple offers. Um, where where were they? Like why why did you put a full stop on the rugby?
0: Um. I I suppose going back to the goals that I had written out coming back from New Zealand because um, it was such a tough decision to come back to New Zealand um, I was like I'm going to make sure that I reach these things so I wrote them out to make sure that these are going to happen and then if they don't I need to have a really long hard look at myself uh, and what I'm doing after because rugby's not forever and again I love the way rugby does well again, from, I can only speak from my experience, they equip you for life after like rugby players association in Ireland and Irupa at the time. Um, I was always, I was an ambassador in the Academy for them and, um, just the, the, I think a lot of guys don't even realize the amount of work that's done there from their side of the business and how they equip the whole round human and make them actually capable to transition into life after. rugby And, uh, during my injury and during my downtime probably the first time i really ever had to think that way and when i did I, I i couldn't stop thinking about it then i couldn't stop thinking about plan b and like you know as a young as a young fellow at the time i was 25 at the time i've been to leinster new zealand Connacht, munster in a very short succession of seasons mm. and it was just a lot and i was like is this sustainable and with no degree behind your belt, i chose that route because i was confident in myself as a young fella making Irish 20s i was like i'm gonna secure this thing coming out of the academy there's no way i'm not getting a two-year contract uh, and just having that sustainability to be able to just go and actually do studies um off outside of rugby afterwards and um yeah, that was that was basically it. It was just this, the, the targets i set myself. So like I offers over in England and over in New York when that new place was opening up, that new MLR was setting up. Before it was set up, it was like the first year of it. So a lot of unknowns. And again, if I had a degree under my belt, probably definitely would have jumped on the plane and gone for another adventure. Why not? Because like, there's many benefits to that too. Massive networking opportunities and massive experience and another culture. Um, but I, as I said at the start, like everything happens for a reason. I chose my route. I set my stall out. It didn't happen the way that I planned. Uh, but I had my goals written, so that's that's why I stuck to it. That's why I was like, I'm going to go back to college and get this thing. And I went. I still play rugby. I went back to my club in Old Belvedere and was honoured to captain them for two seasons. And uh, you know, falling back in love with rugby again and having a nice balance with it again. And Uh, don't get wrong there's still a bit uh of like oh i should i should be playing higher now i should be trying it more but like i was concentrating more on my studies for the first time ever in my life and that was cool too for me like i was proper nerd in lecture halls and like mature shooting making sure that I'd say every bloody student in my course hated me because like they were left five minutes extra because I asked a question last minute. Dot com sort of thing, and it's like, oh my god, we just stopped. Like, but it's I, I just it's so fun when you actually get into something in that detail. Get into something that like just you because you know you know that you like it. You know you can use this. All you want is the information.
1: Yeah, and uh, I saw you ran a marathon. Did you?
0: <laughs> yeah, your, I did, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. was a great drunken mistake um basically i we were again i was ambassador for november um this year because we did a we did an online campaign uh for fod sale and we managed to raise quite a lot of funds during lockdown and then the following year we were asked to come on board as ambassador so delighted and honored and went down and actually a buddy of mine also did sean o'hara who um he came to me anyway with this concept before this uh, weekend away that we went down to big style, which is uh adventure brand uh, lifestyle brand, And they have a place out in killer for like retreats. And we were kind of asked to go down there and, um, we went for a swim though previously. And he came to me with this concept being like, so I'm going to do this thing. And I was like, what are you going to do? And he's like, I'm going to run 30 marathons in 30 days from November. Um, now Sean oh, wow. uh, is, you know, he's a November advocate. He would have gone through a a lot of tough times and uh, mental health struggles. And Christ, like if there's a if there's a poster boy for the campaign, it's this man. And I hope he never sees or hears us because I don't really ever speak positively about him because that's just the way we are. I um, it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah so then he kind of like he'd known me well enough then and how to work me and uh we had a few pints down in killadoon and i just turned to him because everybody had kind of heard <laughs> that he was doing this and i was like yard yeah you, there's no way you're gonna be rolling 30 marathons in 30 days sort of thing and jump you know, get just stirring the pot of it seeing his reaction like especially in front of people who didn't really know and then uh my brother was also down as well um at that and um they were just like oh are you actually gonna try it and he's like i was like he is yeah there's no way there's no way and then he goes to me he's like you should up then and do it and i was like of course i could do a marathon man. like sure fat old men do Martins, of course i could do it like just try to stir him up now like because they're not being not dismissing the achievement of a marathon whatsoever because yeah. i've never done one this thing. and uh he was like all right so do it. and i was like are you challenging me now? Like he kind of flipped it back on me. And I was like, all right, Grant. I was like, Grant, fine, I'll do it. And then we clinked the glass. And then I said to my brother, I was like, you're doing it with me as well. (laughs) We just drank the bite. And I woke up and he's like, you have no idea. You know, you don't remember what you committed to. And I just like, I, you know, I, I didn't have to commit to it, but like, I love committing to things. I love, uh, people who commit, like it's, it's part of the sea swimming part, like where, it's not necessarily easy to get out of bed at half five in the morning to be down for a swim at six, quarter past six. Like, But well, you know, I love hanging around with people that I know have done the same thing and have committed to doing this thing. And I think commitment is a massive quality in anybody. So uh, I was, uh, you know, don't get me wrong. I, again, had every intentions on doing X training and doing this and doing that. And uh, I'd say that all fell by the wayside <coughs> two weeks because I injured my kidneys and then I was like there's no way I'm going to be able to do this marathon. Um and I just showed up on day what was it day 27 from uh, I just like I was like look I'm going to show up one of the days I'm not going to tell you when because I don't know when because my schedule is so all over the place at the time. Uh, but yeah look I'll try my best anyway and just showed up on the 27th day and they dragged me arse over the line anyway. <laughs>
1: um unreal yeah i love that as well like when you say something just do it and um so you you didn't really train
0: not really like no um the most i'd covered was 20k run before it uh and i was always trying to get a 30k run under the belt because that's what i was told and what i'd read up that if you can do 30k then you're well equipped you should be okay adrenaline and the rest will get you through it um but just business, COVID, life, and it just, I suppose, probably not enough uh, time dedicated to actually putting aside to train efficiently to it, Um, but I always kind of knew I was going to do it, like, I always kind of knew I was, like, I'm pig-headed enough to actually just muster through, like, you know, Um, a blessing and a curse, I suppose, because, you kind of know that, so you're like, ah, look, I know I haven't prepared for it, but I know if it's just down to, like, grinding it out, I'll do it. But that's not a good way to pre- prep or perform in any way, <laughs> like, you <Yeah>. know. <laughs> so, yeah, it was just one of those. It was a great crack, like, a delighted bucket list stuff to take off of, Martin. Uh, I couldn't walk for the week after, Um, but it was deadly to, again, just persevere and see through the other side and achieve it
1: nice unreal and um, bud been unreal catching up and chatting and brilliant see you doing so well and um, before you go let me know just where people can brave the elements and uh, get into the sea swim and the sun after fad said and how they can go about it
0: yeah absolutely uh, so it's in Graystones beach uh the cove beach um We're there in collaboration with Rise of the Cove, which is a cafe. And then the second studio is in the Boatyard Studio, which is also down in Greystones, which is beside the Beach House, which is down by the marina. So there are two places and hopefully many more to come in the near future. And uh, yeah, it's as I said, we're only getting started because we've been paused game for two years. So just can't wait to actually get cracking at it again and build a bit of momentum.
1: Nice. And so you go on, do you book online? Lo- like do you have to book a slot online? Is that it?
0: That's it, yeah. Book a seat for the heat is what we say. Um, So you're Perfect. guaranteed your slot and you will have the avail of that sauna for your dedicated time. And you can fill up to 12 people at a time and uh, it's usually for half an hour, but we're going to start doing longer classes because there's higher demand for longer classes, which is incredible to see because when we started this, trying to get anybody into that thing was more than difficult um so yeah uh hour will be the time slot realistically by the time people see this and then uh you book it online and it's pretty much it
1: unreal well best of luck with uh, everything there going forward
0: cheers brian thanks so much for the chat and great to hear you're keeping so well and well done on the podcast it's it's brilliant it's brilliant
1: hope you enjoyed the chat if you did would you please send it on to some friends and share it on social media twitter instagram linkedin if you enjoyed listening to it and maybe learned something in it you never know who else might do the same and i'd be really grateful if you did that thanks to molly Krypton who left a rating and a review on apple podcasts who said niall williams an inspirational woman how she managed to overcome serious injury and balance a professional career and personal life as a mother of two. Great podcast. Please would you take one minute now to leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Just let me know what you liked about this episode. I love hearing your feedback, it really helps me and it also helps others find the podcast with the algorithm. I really enjoyed chatting with Steve. He's a year younger than me, But our paths didn't cross on provincial teams but we would have played against each other a good few times in the All-Ireland League. Really talented player and I remember back when we were playing I was a few kilos heavier and a bit slower back then and definitely remember whenever we were coming up against Belvo and he was 10 or 12 that I'd be making sure I didn't leave too much space either side of me in the defensive line because he was the type of player that could very easily and quickly make a fool of you. An unreal that he got, fad sale, up and running. Certainly no easy feat to start a business during a pandemic, so hats off to him. And of course, I think it's an unreal idea as we're chatting about. I myself love swimming in the sea, love the sauna. It's a game changer with recovery and just feeling good in general. I know that if you don't ever swim in the sea, you think people who do so are crazy because I've been there when I was younger, but if you do do it the odd time or regularly, you get it. One interesting side effect or benefit of sea swimming that I've found is that it really helps your self-esteem because it's definitely not an easy thing to do. It's somewhat scary and it's a real challenge. And you're aware of all this. So when you walk into that fear and uncertainty and overcome the weak mind, that will for sure start telling you, oh, just skip it today, you don't have to do it. Skipping it once won't make a difference, sure, nobody will know. All that stuff starts to play in your head. And when you overcome all those thoughts, and actually do it, get into the scene of a swim, you feel unreal after. Like, you respect people That are able to overcome those things those thoughts in their head and as far as i'm aware or understand everybody who swims in the sea gets those exact same thoughts and wanting to back out that you would get it's not like anyone who swims in the sea has it super easy and doesn't yeah have those same thoughts and wanting to not do it that that you'd have or anyone would have so when you walk through that and overcome that you feel unreal and you start to really respect yourself or if you already do you respect yourself more and you just feel like well i'm the man for having done that and overcome that adversity and gone through that when i didn't want to when my mind told me to not do it and yeah it's, it's unreal and this is the same Kind of process with putting in the work in the gym regularly you feel great about yourself whereas if you sit at home in the evening watching netflix and eating ice cream you start to feel pretty shitty about yourself and you can quickly see yourself as useless because deep down you know that you're capable of more and when you don't strive to live to your full capacity and are the type of person that just always chooses comfortable and easy route well then you'll probably feel shitty about yourself and I've been there times in the past too so hey uh, if you're feeling like you're going through the motions and that you've more in you and you'd like a kick up the arse go for a swim in the sea or the lake or wherever cold body water tomorrow Put a minute timer on your clock jump in swim around for one minute and see how you feel after Each episode of the podcast that I do takes quite a few hours to schedule, edit, record and just get out there. If you enjoy listening to this podcast and would like to buy me a coffee, I have a Patreon that is yeah the price of a coffee each month. The link is in the show notes where you can sign up. It's really easy. And Thank you so, so much to those who've already signed up. It's a very small amount each month, but it means the world to me. Thank you. I now mentor young players and help them achieve their goals in the game and help them get to their next level. If you're an ambitious player or the parent of one, I would like to have a chat about this for free. Please send me a DM on Instagram at offfieldrugby.com or else send me an email which is offfieldrugby at gmail.com and we'll sort a time to chat. I've played underage rugby for Leinster, Connacht and Ireland, now playing in Canada and coaching university and provincial rugby here. So if you're in those kind of pathways and want to go further, give me a shout. I know that there's tons of podcasts out there that you could be listening to right now, so I greatly, greatly appreciate You're clicking in here and listening to this one and sharing it with your friends. Thanks Emil, have a good one. Cheers.